Looks like Manny Diaz is headed back down south. We'll talk about his new destination at Duke here on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. Each and every day, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you download, subscribe to the pod from anywhere. Our YouTube page is absolutely free. You can be a part of our community. You can talk to us because we always try and talk back. We make sure that you leave five-star reviews and just love us even as much as you can. So in today's episode, we'll talk through Manny Diaz, some portal updates, and a whole lot of postseason awards in between. I'll finally get to that since I didn't get it on yesterday's show in case you missed it. Kenton, how are you feeling? Always, you know, this is, I'm feeling great as always. This is a, a really exciting time of the year where we're seeing these postseason awards be handed out. We're seeing, you know, for some of these teams, players coming back and staying is as big, if not bigger, than some of their gets in the portal. We've seen it time and time again in terms of uh, players announcing they're coming back being big deals for these teams and all that. So it's an exciting time for, you know, a lot of teams in the ACC. And we're now at the first part of the coaching carousel where teams who really want their guy in terms of the head coach go get him. And uh, we saw the first domino fall with, Elko leaving to go to Texas A&M, and we now see Elko's replacement coming in in Manny Diaz. So after being at Miami for five years, being a head coach for three of those bad boys, and being a defensive coordinator at Penn State for two, Manny Diaz has found himself a new home in Durham, North Carolina, well, he'll, where he will be the head coach, according to Ross Dellinger from Yahoo Sports. Let's talk about just the initial excitement, maybe relief, that Duke finally has found its head coach, knew they had to do it quickly because of the world that we live in in college football in terms of recruiting trails. But, you know, good for Duke. You know, you find someone with a good football name who, of course, has been at a big name program like Penn State and recently a head coach at Miami. Not mad at the hire. Not sure I understand the hire. But, you know, hey, there are worse things for the Blue Devils. You know, I think that this was a really good hire for Duke. And and the reality is coaching hires are a lot like recruiting classes or, or you know, who you decide to go with that quarterback and all that good stuff. When it initially happens, we can all assume. Sometimes we see a mismatch where it's like, no, that's terrible, or a match made in heaven where we're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. But this is one of those that it feels like this is a good fit. I don't want to jump the gun and say, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be amazing for all these years or it's going to be terrible. I mean, Manny Diaz does have head coaching pedigree. He has ACC pedigree in particular, which means he knows recruiting the areas that Duke is going to have to recruit from. And, and so 
he knows what the battles are like in the ACC and all that. He has ACC ties as well. And uh, so I, I think that this is a, a very good thing for Duke. And maybe, I'm not guaranteeing this, but we've seen it with other schools, maybe them bringing in a coach like Manny Diaz convinces some of the young men who jumped in the portal to stay. Who knows? Interesting. I will say, considering Manny's record against North Carolina while he was at Miami and how North Carolina kind of dog, dog walked them, if I'm Duke, I don't know if I'm picking a coach who can't beat my rival. Just saying. You know, you're not wrong there, but you also in assessing and assessing the, you know, the pick. Yeah, but you also got to consider there was a lot going on at Miami at that time. Is there not always and, a lot going on at Miami at the time? And let me ask you this, and I want to take it a step further. Has Miami done a great job of beating UNC since he left? That's fair. I mean, haven't done it. If you if you're just, if that's your bar, then that means that Manny is bad and Mario's trash and anybody else that you know there or both of them are bad or trash, whichever one you want to put on them. But by that, by whatever bar you come up with, I mean, you know, Miami just hasn't gotten a job done against the Tar Heels. So I guess I'm just putting it against Mario. Mario, and, sorry, Mario. I guess I'm putting it against Manny versus Mac. Like that's my immediate reaction. And if you're talking about the eight miles down the street, if you're wanting a coach that could potentially get that rivalry that went to double overtime with, I don't know if Manny's my guy. But hey, do you, I would have Fran Brown, Cam New Jersey? How can I convince you to come to Durham, North Carolina? You know, stuff like that. I think maybe they just needed someone who doesn't have an ACC mind right now. Maybe. You know, they had a lot of success with that in hiring Elko, and you would think that that would potentially be the deal there. But, I mean, hey, I'm sure that Nina King knows better than both of us because she's the one handed over those very big checks. So, Your I'm, favorite I, person. Oh, love her. Absolutely <laughs> adore her. Uh, so I'm sure that she knows what she's doing in that regard. But I guess on the flip side of that, right, you went out and explored other people who have been in different conferences. He did come just come from the Big Ten. Yeah. Could you feel a little bit burned? Like there's no loyalty to the ACC and you don't want to bring in somebody who doesn't have loyalty to the conference as quote unquote mediocre as the conference is. Maybe you do want someone who understands it and can develop it and understands the the goodness that is within it. I mean, that's definitely a possibility. That's definitely a possibility, but you also have to understand the reality of Duke football as it stands right now. And I know a lot of Duke fans are going to get mad at me for this. The reality of Duke football is they are always going to be second fiddle. They will never have a That's pack. putting it nicely, Kenton. They will never have a packed out Wallace Wade on a consistent basis. That's just that's just the reality. I went to a game when this team, uh, I believe that they went into the Notre Dame game undefeated, right? Mm-hmm. I went to the Notre Dame game, and the crowd was not – that was not a, a packed out stadium. And Wallace Wade doesn't have the biggest, um, it doesn't have the biggest capacity to begin with to where it's like, you know, if, if certain schools, for example, university of Michigan, all those hundred thousand seats or whatever, you could not pack out all of them and still feel like, Oh my God, this is something. Austin stadium. You could not pack out that entire stadium and still feel like it's a Wallace Wade is not one of those that you can have 80% uh, field. And it's like, Oh, oof. We went in the Wallace Wade and it was ruckus. So, I mean, that's that's one of the realities there. And if a coach is willing to overlook that and say, hey, this is the challenge, 
on top of on top of the um, attendance thing, you also have the challenge of a higher academic rigor and standard than most other places, not just in the ACC, but in the country. So, you know, this is a, a this is not a job that is super sexy on the coaching side. And so if you can find your way and make your make something happen here, that's that's you know, you're in high cotton as far as coaches go. I don't necessarily feel like it's not a sexy coaching job because to me it's not no pressure. You know that at by a certain point in the season, if you're not doing what you need to do, they've turned their heads to basketball. They've already going to turn their heads to basketball anyway. And at the end of the day, you're going to build some really strong, strong, smart minded men who are going to be very successful in life after this. You're not necessarily going to have a certain demographic that you know has to go through certain rigors, blah, 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 all that good stuff. I think it's a great opportunity for Manny to maybe exhale a little bit, not have the pressures of what could have been at Penn State, what could have been at Miami. And now you can just get seven wins and that be okay. You're not always looking over your shoulder and hoping that Nina does not knocking at your door. And I get that. But is that what you think Manny Diaz's highest, like what he believes his highest ceiling is? If he did it, why would he leave his place like Penn State? Because he didn't want to be a defensive coordinator. He wanted a head coaching job. And a head coaching job in the Power Five is better than a coordinator job in the Power Five, even if it is a Power Five that's seen as one of the nerd schools, per se. So he's going to get – this is a launching pad job for Manny? Was it a launching pad job for Elko? You think if he builds up Duke, he's going somewhere else? Manny Diaz? I'm talking about Elko, who literally got spoon-fed – the Texas A&M job, which is a perfect storm of events because Jimbo got fired. I am willing to bet you any amount of money, any amount of money, that if Manny wins, let's say, an average of eight or nine games over the first three years that he's there, he won't be around for four. You won't be. Three years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Crazier things have happened. I think Manny has found his home. I don't see Manny leaving for a good little bit unless he's asked to leave. Okay. Well, and and I hear you. I hear you. And nobody is ever leaving their job until somebody walks in with a bigger bag, a bigger check, a little closer to home, whatever the case may be. And all of a he sudden. Can't go, he can't go back home, Kenton. Why can't he? What you mean? He's going back to Miami? I'll tell you this. Oh, my God. <laughs> it can't. It's not just Miami. Is Florida not – is Billy Napier's seat not hotter than fish grease? So you think he would go to Florida? Oh, absolutely. Listen, don't let these coaches lie to you. Don't let these Don't let these fans, don't let these players lie to you and say, oh, you. I wouldn't – no amount of money would compromise me. I was asked on the podcast the other day. Uh, they said, Kenton, if, a, if a, a network came to you and said, Kenton, we'll pay you – uh, $35 million over seven years or $35 million over five years, but you got to be the host of the uh, a North Carolina podcast. And you got to root for the Tar Heels and destroy all your state stuff and, and you know, only talk bad about state on there. I said $35 million over five years? Baby, what? It's a great day. It's the best day to be a Tar Heel. What? For that type of money, you are out of your mind to think that I'm going to sit here and say, oh, those are my rivals. I can't do it. Because if the school ain't paying me that much, then y'all don't love me that much. Y'all don't got $35 million worth of love for me, so why would I not go over to the rival? Everybody love to be loyal to the soil until that soil is fertile with money trees. I'll tell you that much. Well, this could be Manny Diaz's origin story towards getting his lick back towards 
Miami. And we're just going to keep rooting for that. And now that I think about it, there's definitely some money involved towards our conversations around Duke. But before that, speaking of money, Prize Picks, largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, easiest and most exciting way to play DFS is just you against those numbers. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across basketball from the specials league. A league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from a different sports league. Prize Picks Evens offers a reboot policy that helps your entry stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Go to prizepicks.com right now slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. So Manny Diaz is getting his talents to Durham, North Carolina. Maybe he'll give you some postseason awards for his future Blue Devils. But let's talk through what happened during an NC State basketball game the other night as Peyton Wilson was awarded the Benaric, Bednaric, Bednaric. The butt kiss. He was awarded the dick Dang. butt kiss award. Best I got line it wrong. Oh, What's don't the Bednaric award? The Is that the one he didn't get? That's the uh, best defender. That's the best defender. That's the one he lost? Ah, boy, Candace Cooper, this one, this one. <laughs> Such a wonderful, wonderful soul. Don't y'all I didn't do it on purpose. I really thought he did win the bed, Eric. But the Bucky the Nagurski, too. The Nagurski is the one that he lost to a oh. to a guy who um, folks can't even agree on whether or not he's the best defender on his team. So but, the bed, Eric, you know. he wasn't even considered? No, he's a finalist for the bed, Eric, as well. Oh, they haven't so, done that one yet. In total, in total, there are five, uh, there are three players nominated for a total of five awards in the ACC in terms of postseason um, awards this year. Yeah. And Peyton Wilson makes up three of those being uh, nominated, well, being the winner of the Buckets Award, being nominated for the, um, being nominated for the Bednarik, and also being a finalist for the Nagurski. So, you know, this is this is a situation where he makes up the bulk of those. However, right down the street, as you like to say, his uh, rival and running back, Omarion Hampton, is a finalist for the Dope Walker Award. And down, down, down in Florida, um, in Tallahassee, we have Mr. Um, let me make sure I pronounce his name right. Mastromano up for the Ray Guy Award. So those are the guys who are up for awards. What's that award for? Ray Guy is the best punter. Huh. Best punter. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Right. Kicker, guy's the punter. Yep. Got it. But let's just go back to defense because, or even just awards in general, if you're likely to win one, are you more likely to win others? So if you won the buckets, it's most likely to win the bed, Eric. Uh, so here's how these things normally go. If you like, if you are winning awards, if you're winning awards in the narrative around you, is strong enough, then yes. It, one turns into two, turns into three. That's kind of how that goes. Uh, mm-hmm. We see it a lot with quarterbacks and and how like, oh, if you win the O'Brien nine times out of ten, you're going to be a finalist for the Heisman at minimum. You're probably going to win it, but you're at least going to be a finalist and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's the same thing in terms of, um, you know, the the conference player of the year that then goes into the Doak or whatever, the, or Belitnikov or whatever. You know, it's it's rare to see a guy who doesn't win uh, the award for his position then go on to win some of the bigger national awards. So, for example, um, and I hate to to bring this up, but 
Uh, Caleb Williams won the Heisman last year, but didn't win the Davey O'Brien. So many people were confused as to like, hey, he was not voted as the best quarterback in the nation. And yet somehow, even though he's a quarterback, he's voted as the best player in the nation. What's going on? So, you know, those which is a fair argument. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's the argument that I had against uh, Xavier Watts winning, um, winning the award that he got over Peyton Wilson, because I'm like, y'all can't even agree that he's the best defender on your team. Mm-hmm. Y'all, he's not a finalist for the Thorpe Award, which is which awards the best, uh, which awards the best defensive back, and he is a safety. And I'm like, how does he win in Nagurski with those two things working against him? If he's not the best defender on his team, and he's not the best um, defensive back in the nation, how is he then the best defender in the nation? That's like if you and me were in a pie bake off, and you know, it's a, um, it's a, we do city, state, and national, right? And somehow mm-hmm. I don't win for Raleigh, but I win for the state of North Carolina. Like that doesn't make sense. If well, I, I would win for Raleigh, you could probably win for the state. But that either way it goes, how would that work out? You know what I'm saying? Like, how would that work out? Sure. I mean, also, I, I ain't in the pot baking business. I'm in the pot eating business. Okay. I, that's just who I am. Okay. I, I ain't gonna lie to you, but it's just a just an example to kind of get people's brains going. You only eat like two pies. So what are you even talking about? What? That is not true at all. Sweet potato and apple. Sweet potato, apple, lemon meringue, cherry. What are we doing here? What? Like, come on. Come on. I just want you to talk about your gluttony on TV, but here we are. All right. So the biggest thing for the ACC is I, once again, my whole thing, Jimmy Jimmy P, I'm still on your head because we got people winning the top awards in the country and yet somehow. We're question, still not. question, because now yeah. you got to be kind of hungry and thinking about it. Um, do you like? You see how I'm trying to transition it? You are you one of those pecan? Are you one of those pecan pie people? Are you a pecan huh? pie person? Are you a pecan pie person? No, I don't like nuts on my pie. Mm, interesting, interesting. I like I like pecan pie just without the the pecans. Like it's like the banana nutless <laughs> banana nut. Uh, I mean banana banana pudding. What? I said I like pecan pie. What is bananaless banana pudding? That doesn't even make sense. People eat banana pudding without bananas. I I agree with you. I think it's very childish. You're for some eating. People. You're eating wafer. You're eating, eating wafer and wafer jello pudding. Yeah, no, you're, that's pudding. Much. Not jello. Oh, wafer pudding. Wafer pudding. Yes, yeah. not jello. Wafer pudding. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It come in a jello container. You know what I'm talking. Get about. back on track. Back anyway, on track. Back on track. Back on, back back on track. Sports. Back on to the sports. Back on Thank the sports. you so much. Like I said, I'm still on Jimmy P's head. As you should. Because if Armarion is the best running back, mm-hmm. Peyton Wilson's the best defender. Mm-hmm. And then we got Mastermanos. What's his name? Mm-hmm. Mastermano. Mastermano, the best punter, kicker, mm-hmm. all the things. I just feel like you should be on ESPN right now. Talking about how good, or you know, how you're riding the tide of our conference being mediocre. I don't know. I I agree. I again, if I'm if I'm Jim Phillips, I'm looking around and I'm saying, okay, what do these other conferences have that I don't, and what can I actually make up, and what is a deficit that I can't bridge the gap on? Right. It's not so, a great mouthpiece. But if you the, think, it, I've, I've I've heard some other people say, where's Dabo been? talking about our conference and trying to elevate where's math been talking about the shame that FSU didn't make it where's you know coaches vying for it's shame that our conference leader didn't get into it right is it something about the knowing they're not about to be up in here 
that has made everybody so quiet. Whether you know or not, you're still here. That's the thing that 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 really disturbs me about this so much. Like, and and stick with me here, Candace, Miami fans. Let me talk to y'all for a second because a lot of y'all been cracking a lot of jokes. Y'all been kikiing and ha ha and real hard, real hard. As my mother would always say, the same thing to make you laugh or make you cry. The reality is this. You're mm-hmm. laughing at Florida State because it's them today. What if, just say hypothetically, mm-hmm. what if it was you? What if it was your quarterback? Because we did see y'all quarterback go down very late in the year. Now, let's just say that we live in a, a alternate universe where we're playing Marvel's What If and Williams was the guy all year and he dominated, broke his arm in the same game. And y'all were the ones on the short end of the stick. Would it still be so funny? I'm not a Florida State guy. I'm not a nose guy. And you're, you know, hey, they're cool or whatever. I don't really care one way or the other about them uh, in that regard in terms of like, oh, I, I will beat the table for them just because I like everything about them. No, no. But I know that that's right is right and wrong is wrong, number one. And number two, not only is right is right and wrong is wrong, we're in a position where it could be any one of you. Damo, I understand him being quiet because Clemson, you're not going to get left out. Sure. Mac Brown, brother, I know you ain't got too you many more You speak about yells everything left. else. That's what I'm saying. I know you ain't got too many more yells left in you, but I, but you know how to manipulate the media when you want to do your ventriloquist job and get them to you dance. You cried back. about the back half of your season not being able to finish some games, but now all, sudden, right. <laughs> now all of a sudden you ain't got nothing to say. That just don't make no sense to me, but mm. you no. Know. Mm. But you know, I'm just gonna mind my little mind, mind my little bro business. Anyway, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your drive up, ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, and more, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Motors, eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. So Kenton and I are wrapping up today's show here. We're talking through some of our postseason conversations, excuse me, camera adjustments, and with the returners, the portal, and all that comes with it, right? Some good news coming out of Clemson, South Carolina. Yeah, you know, you you lose Andrew McCuba, who was a pivotal piece of that back end, uh, for years there, I believe he was like the uh, one of the ACC, the ACC newcomer of the year a few years ago and whatnot. And he's been either a starter or very heavily in that rotation ever since. And he's transferring out of the program. So that's bad news. But the good news is Barrett Carter, who many folks had as a first rounder coming into this season, uh, is coming back. I'm fairly certain Jeremiah Trotter Jr. We've seen him wear the paw for the last time. Uh, on his helmet, but you know his his running mate Bear Carter is is going to be back. So that's a, a very big deal for a Clemson team that is going to be looking for a lot of stability next year, right? You don't know. I mean, normally Clemson doesn't have portal problems, and all of a sudden, 
you're seeing more of those guys kind of uh, leave the program as well. And granted, they're still well below what we look at as like the average for how many players are leaving teams and the turnover you see in scholarship guys every year. But you are seeing an increase with guys like Bo Collins leaving as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think that Barrett returning certainly brings that veteran leadership that Clemson is going to need sort of the Clemson way. And hopefully as they turn their season around this past year, certainly something that they can start fiery hot. They're not going to go up against a Duke team with a Mike Elko. So it's not going to be a major upset. Don't see anything like anticipate anything of that magnitude, but certainly going to make sure that that bad taste that was this year in their mouth doesn't you know trickle over into 2023, 2024. All that well and good. Any other portal returners or news that we should be aware of? Well, I mean, there are multiple players who have announced that they're coming back. Um, and the the reality is we're going to keep telling you more and more as they come out. Um, but for now, we do have a little special treat for you. And our good friend of this podcast, Brett Friedlander, has put together an all-ACC transfer portal team. And so, you know, I'd love to tell you about them if that's all right. If that's all right. Sure. All righty. So we're going to start this thing off with quarterback where Riley Leonard is listed. He, of course, is a no contact. So we know what that means. Uh, we got Justice Ellison from Wake Forest in at running back. Pat Garwo as the second running back in as well. Uh, Bo Collins in as a receiver here. Keyshawn Williams of Wake Forest. You know, we talked a little bit about uh, the receiver Grimes that they had in there. But Keyshawn Williams is another guy who produced very highly for uh, the Demon Deacons, and he's in the portal as well. Kamari Morales, who is now headed to um, Boston College, who I believe is uh, UNC's all-time touchdown leader for tight ends. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's that's a very interesting thing there. Bless Harris, who was pivotal in um, a lot of um, a lot of the things that Florida State did this year is in the transfer portal as well. Christian Forbes of Wake Forest in the transfer portal. We've talked about Mitchell Mays already. Justice Johnston, Justice Johnson of UVA, rather, is in the portal. Um, he's one of the only guys in this list that doesn't have any starts under his belt yet, or only one start under his belt compared to everybody else. Lyndon Cooper, who was a versatile piece, got moved around a lot with um, NC State. He played center and both guard positions this year, and he's in the portal. Uh, and this this one is probably the most surprising of them all. Defensive end Patrick Payton from Florida State is in. Now, this is so shocking because, number one, he was ACC Rick, Defensive Rookie of the Year last year. And then on top of that, you had Jared Verse as the guy across from you. But more importantly than all of that, he was supposed to be the next one up. This is – this feels a lot like uh, when Anakin became Darth Vader. Like you, you were supposed to restore balance in the force, brother. What are you doing here? I'm going to the SEC where they make some money and we get to go to the national championship. So yeah. All right. Um, well, <laughs> not hard. Not very, hard to figure out. Very nasty work there. We've already <laughs> talked about Jafari Harvey of Miami, Aeneas Peoples of Duke, big CJ Clark of NC State. He was a guy who started a ton of games there, um, and you know. It's very that one came as a surprise to some people as well uh, in terms of a guy who had as many starts as he did. He started every game this season, as a matter of fact, for NC State. And he's in the portal. Dorian Mousy of uh, of Duke is in the portal. A guy who was a three year starter for them is now, you know, it's it's up in the air. Is he 
going to head down to Texas A&M with Elko? Is he coming back to Duke? Who knows? Bengali Kamara, who we already talked about a little bit in terms of him uh, leaving. Corey Flagg's in the same situation. Andrew Makuba, we already talked about him. Derek Canteen of Virginia Tech. This one is interesting because he was a transfer from Georgia Southern last year. He played in every game, was the starter for a few last year, and I thought that he was fairly solid in his time at uh, Virginia Tech. But, you know, Jeremiah Wilson, safety from Syracuse, is in the portal. Now, here's the most interesting thing about Wilson. He is the guy that is probably most likely to go back to his original school out of all of these guys. He was considering a change of scenery. He's kind of talked about uh, the fact that, you know, he wasn't sure which way he was going to go with this thing and thought about testing the waters or has tested the waters in the past in terms of putting his name in the portal and coming back. So that's probably a situation where he comes back. Jakeen Harris got hurt so early in NC State season, if you blinked, you would have missed him. I mean, the young man literally did not play full first series. Uh, I don't believe he did at least before he was out with a season-ending injury, and yet he's in the portal. I, I, I get it, given how NC State safety depth looks and how everything panned out there. But in terms of special teamers, Charlie Ham of Duke, their kicker in the portal, and um, punter Sam Vanderhaar. That rounds out our good friend Brett Friedlander's all-portal team. Cool. Well, that's about wraps up the show here. We will check in again with the portal for more news and updates. So make sure you check that out for Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs until next time.